0: All right, everybody, welcome back to the Best Hour of Their Day. Fern here. This is a unique show uh, because I have three guests on here, and this is actually a really cool concept that I want to talk about. But first, let's get into who the guests are. So I've got Charlie Lima, Jeremy Teal, and Spencer Nix. These are three different gym owners, and I want to talk a little bit about something that is unique that these guys do every single month um, that is very, very, very counter to what most gyms do that i'm familiar with do that live in and operate within the same space um so i know you guys are all busy and i know i'm taking time out of this kind of uh gathering that you guys do monthly so i don't want to eat up too much of your time um but you guys are at uh jeremy's gym crossfit central downtown and just kind of give us a little background before we get into all of what you guys are doing but talk a little bit if you guys want to go through one at a time and give a little bit about who you are, what's your gym, and, and just kind of talk about a little bit about yourself here for a second.
1: For sure. So, Jeremy here, just, uh, you know, we started this, this December was 14 years. Uh, 2019 was 14 years we've been a CrossFit box. And, you know, we started, we were one of the first 60 gyms in the world. And really, we're pioneers in the space of garage gyms and how to do this thing from the ground up. And been my sister and I, Carrie Kepler, have been pursuing this as we've gone from, you know, uh, pioneers to CrossFit Games athletes to, uh, you know, training mom and pops, outdoor boot camps to now really thinking about life longevity, uh, health and wellness for the long term. And we uh, we love uh, training. We love functional fitness. We love people uh, thrive. And so, um, you know, that's where we are at today.
0: Very cool.
2: And I'm Charlie, Charlie. Uh, Charlie. College Station CrossFit, Uh, started as a personal trainer in 2003, just as a junior in college, and then started uh, kind of owning my own business in 2005, affiliated with CrossFit in 2008. Spencer invited me to the level one, so I had no idea what CrossFit was, but he, (laughs) he said he was going to uh, a certification, and I don't even think I knew what the word was, but I showed up my level one and fell in love with it, came back, uh, actually did CrossFit in a guy's garage for about three months. who had a, a true garage affiliate in College Station, and then affiliated in August of 2008. We were the 400th affiliate at the time. Um, and really just have continued to – we still do a lot of private training. Um, that's kind of our – you know, what we were at the very inception. And then 2008 really introduced this new way. We did boot camps at the time, so it was a natural shift to offer CrossFit. And now we do CrossFit private training and nutrition coaching.
0: Okay, cool. Spence, you're up, bro.
2: Spencer Nix, next,
3: CrossFit Dallas Central or – CFDC for short, Um, like Charlie said, we affiliated, I guess, practically at the same time. So we'll celebrate uh, 12 years in April. And uh, I actually worked, what Charlie left out is I I actually worked for him as a personal trainer and then uh, some other strength conditioning work in Houston and then found CrossFit. And my brother and I opened the gym back in 08. Uh, we were doing it in our garage as well. And um, fast forward to today, and here we are.
0: Cool. So I was just doing the math on that. So there's collectively almost 50 years of affiliate ownership on this podcast currently. So not to put any pressure on you guys, but we better drop some it fucking was knowledge was bombs was here.
2: I figure it out. <laughs> see. If you recorded our conversation two hours ago, you'd know that. <laughs>
0: um, no, but the, uh, the good part about that is that that's, that's the cool part is, you know, nobody's got it totally figured out. It morphs over time. Uh, and, and that kind of leads me to kind of the topic of, of this specific podcast, which is you guys are doing something, in my mind, unique, which is, and, and you can kind of clarify this, but you guys get together every month. And for my understanding, it's a full day where you guys sit down and you guys basically just wrap business. Is that correct?
2: It's every three months.
0: Oh, okay. Got every three months.
2: And and what we added last month was a monthly, like on the off months, like a phone call. Okay. You know, we all have kids and gyms and, you know, so every three months is about the the cycle that works well for our schedule.
0: And then roughly geographically, how far apart are your gyms? Just for context.
2: Uh, Spencer's like 180 miles, about three, miles, yeah. about right? three hours from, yeah. from each and mine's about two hours to Austin, three hours to, uh, Dallas and Jeremy's about two hours to color station, two hours to Dallas.
0: Got it. Okay. Um, I thought they were a little bit closer, but that's, 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 uh, that's good to know just for people that, um, uh, cause you can do the same thing with people in your kind of like in air quotes competing market and it actually doesn't matter. I know a lot of people that have done that in the past, but, um, so how did this come up? Like, what was the, how did the conversation start? We're just like, Hey, we should get together because this will be beneficial to all of us instead of the reason I ask is there's a lot of people who for lack of better terms, they're like in a scarcity mindset. Like if I meet with this person, they're going to steal all my shit and put me out of business.
2: So we've known each other, all of us for a long time. And you know, you, especially you know, for, for really the earlier years of CrossFit, you would see people at a lot more of the events. Um, And it was around the 2018 CrossFit games. I had already kind of planted the seed and I think Spencer and he was all, he was right. He said, you know, I want to do it. And then I saw Jeremy, we were at the games and I was like Spencer's in Jeremy's like, all right, let's do it. And so we gathered the first time in September of 18 at my in College Station, and uh, so, and I would say this kind of really came from the only comparison that I could give it is I do a men's group at my gym with five other guys on Friday mornings, um, and that actually birthed from a small group that I do at my house with my wife with other couples as a go, and really just. I mean, my wife and I's marriage has been incredibly impacted by gathering with other couples twice a month, and we'll read books on marriage, and just, it's just, it's amazing what happens when you get around people that are like-minded, similar values, and so I've always respected these two guys tremendously in what they do and how they do it, and kind of like you said, selfishly, the podcast is for you. Like, I remember thinking, man, it'd be so cool to have what I have on Friday morning with, you know, guys, but that's a different reason that we come together, but specifically to the gym space. Because as anybody listening to this podcast knows, you, you know, you don't really have anybody who fully understands not just what you've done, but what you do and everything that it entails. And so having a couple guys who I know are doing it at a very high level and doing it very well that we can do something like this. So the first day we got together in College Station, I mean, it it proved itself very valuable that day, and we've done it since.
0: Do you guys have, like, a template that you – kind of go by or do you wing it when you guys sit down or is there like hey we want to cover the these topics or is it more like a hot seat where you know like arbitrarily spencer would sit down and be like i got a problem and then you guys pepper him with questions you know like you suck and then we come up with solutions together or how do you guys do it
2: we just i mean it's just coming together with some guys there's really no no outline we've had a couple times that we've thrown some texts around ahead of time but it really Is just more about what is somebody caring at that time, you know? Like Spencer just bought a building, so that's a conversation right now that we're having, and you know. But we've been—it's not like newsflash. Like we've been talking about this for a while now. It actually birthed in a previous time we got together.
0: So talk to me a little bit about that, Spencer, because that's that's something that probably like in the last six months to a year has like moved to the forefront of my brain. It's just like, hey, long term like, like owning property is probably one of the biggest ways to bulletproof your business. So how did that talk? Like, how did that start to happen? And then, and then you don't have to talk about numbers or anything like that, but like the process of that conversation, how did it initiate? And then how did it unfold to the point where like, okay, now you're, you know, you own that real estate and it's yours.
3: Well, I can tell you that it wouldn't have happened without this gathering, um, Charlie owns his building. So obviously that's a huge confidence booster and there's several conversations there, but Jeremy has a perspective because he's been doing it so long that um, I think like stepping into owning a building, it is just a, uh, it's a nerve wracking thing. And so just have a sounding board with both of these guys to talk through how we would finance it. Um, each one provided just as much value as the other and how how to make a transition happen from one location to the other which jeremy has experience with how to set up another llc charlie has experience with so i think just the the confidence was um probably the most important thing and then because like you said it is such a long process to take it like one step at a time and to have Dim asked me questions because I knew when I when I showed up that I needed to be prepared with what the monthly note would be and hey how are you gonna provide a down payment and and so yeah long story short I, I think uh, if I were to have done that in isolation I don't know if I would have had the the confidence or just the um, the structure to break it down in a way where I would accept like that risk and step into that role.
0: The other thing that I think is interesting, which I'm sure you guys have full realization of at this point, is most people don't realize how many resources they have in their own affiliate, like their member base, just people that they can talk to. But now what you guys have done, and I would imagine you've done this, is now basically you have access to resources within three affiliates. Because, you know, Spencer's talking to Charlie. He's like, oh, I've got a guy who can walk you through that because his specialty is commercial real estate and he understands the financing game and the three different routes that you could do that. So um, have you guys run into that situation where you're like handing off like internal resources to each other?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Spencer, the thing that comes to mind is a consultation script that he does, assessment with new intros, And I remember when he shared that Google Doc with me, it was like eye-opening, you know, because what I had been doing was basically just going in and having a conversation with the person and winging it. And I was like, man, this is really well-structured. And I remembered like feeling in the first time I did it, like the next question just felt right, you know, it was like, and I'd write things down and it just so absolutely. Jeremy shared some of his operations and systems as well.
0: So on that note, and Jeremy, you can kind of talk about it because you've owned an affiliate for 14 years, which is way longer than most. Um, I would imagine even though you guys are sharing tactics, strategy, and all that stuff, your business still probably look very different. Is that accurate?
1: I would say that uh, probably Spencer and mine uh, looks more similar. We're both in big metropolitan areas and... Uh, And then we kind of bounce similar ideas off each other, kind of how we hold things. Charlie started out from a private training, had the CrossFit. He's expanded his gym like by thousands of square feet. And so his is shifted and changed. And so I say we all do operate different, uh, but there's a lot of similarities as well. But like today, Charlie's unloading a bunch of his systems that he's put in place for accountability. And I'm like ready to shift in certain practices in the way that he's going. And so um, we're always learning and evaluating from one another. Uh, but uh, yeah,
0: that's. I think it's important, and you guys have found a little, a core a little group, and it. it's probably more beneficial that you know each other. But that, I think it's cool because you guys are friends. You probably don't let each other get away with shit. Where like if we were acquaintances, it would be like, "Oh well, I'm not necessarily going to call them on that, but since you guys are friends that have known each other for basically a decade, you're like, "That's a trash idea. You should not do that."
1: I think Well, well, one time I, we were at a, a masterminding college station, and I uh, called Spencer out on something. I think he almost he had to like hold it in from punching me in the face.. <laughs>
2: No, the thing part is there's a lot of humility, man. Even though there's a lot of ego in this circle, there's there, trust me, there's a lot of humility, and I think it, it's respect from the, the other person as opposed to somebody who we don't know or somebody who doesn't know coming and saying something. There's so much established rapport, relationship, respect that there's natural humility, in, and we're all here to learn from each other.
0: Yeah. Well, it's good that you guys are going open-minded because that's... that's... So I'll give you my experience. So I tried to do this several years ago and I just like, A, probably pulled in way too many people to try to do it and then probably do it at probably too high of a frequency. So we were trying to do it like once a month and it was like, come if you can. And the first three months it probably went well. And then after that, we basically, whoever's gym we would show up to was just not prepared and it was a gigantic waste of time. And it was basically like us trying to like walk through the things that they wanted to share because they hadn't done any work on the, on the forefront. And then it it kind of whittled away probably at about the 10 month mark. Um, And then, you know, then I was looking outside the gym, you know, for different uh, consulting and stuff like that. But I do, I'm always constantly searching for that same environment, which is like, Hey, who's doing this really well? Like who's forward thinking, who is ambitious naturally and, and who's looking to improve? Like, and, and has no and what you said which is has that humility and has no ego and is able to say listen i blew it don't do this because i i like really dropped the ball on this but maybe consider doing it this way and not being married to any ideas and, and with the understanding that like if i give somebody information it doesn't it's not negative to me and i think a lot of people feel that way or a lot of people look at that and they're like well if i give him all my secrets which by the way everybody They're not secrets. Nobody's got the secrets, right? So if you're afraid that like somebody's going to steal your stuff, um, that's ridiculous. So stop doing that. Um, But I think it's important what you guys have there. And what would you say you might guys all might eat, might each have a different take on this. What's like one of the, if you have one, one of the biggest tangible things that you've that have come from this relationship that you guys have, have developed in this process. I mean, Spencer, we probably talked about yours. It's probably like buying the building, I would imagine.
3: building, I changed uh, the structure of how I pay our coaches. Um, That led to a number of different changes that had to uh, respond to that. I'm now the sole owner of our business, um, which means like I went through a buyout process, like tremendous amount of, of change for me personally.
2: Um, for me, the, the, there's a lot of things that come to mind, but the, the thing that probably is tangibly, I, so Jeremy has been putting on a major event for over a decade. I have been putting on a smaller event for a decade. And last year, largely due to this group we met in April in College Station, my event was in August, or September I put on the biggest version of that event ever, and Rich Froning came because of a, a contact that that Jeremy connected with me with, and and that's now he's coming back this year, and it was all from this group.
0: What's the what's the event? Pitch it, man.
2: It's called BCS Classic in College Station, and it's August twenty second.
0: And it's is it a Throwdown? What is it?
2: Yeah, it's partner competition, male, male, female, female, um, male, female. We have masters 40 and up and Rich,
3: Tell them who's programming for and, it.
2: And Rich Froning's program. Never heard of him.
0: <laughs> so it's probably okay. Probably testing people's fitness. Do you have like a? do you have a, a division for very moderately fit middle-aged men, like right around thirty-nine?
2: Hey, you and if you and Ackerman want to come down and and test your this. I'll
0: come- <laughs> I might take you up on that dude although I'm gonna have to carry that little Jewish guy around for the whole competition because he's not that fit but
2: I just
0: have- throughout the workouts uh <laughs> that would be funny actually uh when is it August
2: 22nd in College Station.
0: we might make that a date bro I'm not even kidding you I'm writing yeah. it down right now okay Cool. Um, I'm curious about this uh, question because Charlie, you are kind of the outlier with regard to how your business started and you started in the, in the PT world. Has some of that knowledge bled over to the other two gyms? For instance, like um, I know people are always trying to add PT revenue to their gyms. I'm just curious if uh, both Jeremy and Spence, if you guys have picked up some things in order to maybe have an uptick in PT or you just decided like, that's, that doesn't fit in our model.
1: Um, We've always had like a PT version of kind of what we offer what our coaches do on the floor but I would say that it's mainly um, I guess philosophical like processes of operating and running the business um, and the systems within the CrossFit side. Um, I don't know what you would say.
3: Yeah, I'm always – and even I wish you could see uh, Charlie's setup because it's just really cool how the two worlds interact with each other. So that's definitely, like, influenced us. And, um, like I said, I, that's where I started. So, you know, having a background. And, um, and I think what Charlie excels at is interpersonal communication. And, and I, I think that that's – individual touch points are needed in – group classes and that structure more and more and so looking at the way that he has those high touch services within like the one-on-one training and and trying to figure out like how we can like merge those two worlds together he's, he's definitely been a role model there
0: I think that's something probably the vast majority of CrossFit gyms unless they that's I got motion sensors in my office. The um that that's something that most gyms really struggle with, unless they started with that model, right? So they try to go from this group, um this group model, what the hell is not working this group model, and then try to add personal training to it, and then it doesn't work. Um, Charlie, throw throw some knowledge here, man. Like, what are some of the core tenets of good personal training that most CrossFit coaches box owners, whoever, fundamentally misunderstand or don't even know about?
2: It, it's, it's a completely different customer than the one that you're getting in the door. Therefore, it's really hard for you to try to do it because your, your CrossFit members are not personal training customers, and really most gyms are set up to attract group members. It's no different than Orange Theory starting trying to do personal training. It's like, they don't get it. That's not their, that's not their model. And so, you know, Orange Theory who is doing group at a very high level understands that personal training is not their model. And so how is a CrossFit gym owner who has very little understanding of business practices when they start going to understand how to do personal training if somebody who's doing it at the highest level doesn't. So just understanding that it, like the customer that you're getting in the door for, for CrossFit is not the one that you need to be marketing to, selling to, and your environment really doesn't sell to that customer either. Like you're talking about warehouse space, rubber stall mats, or you know, like no air conditioning. That's not what personal training is. And so for me, I was a personal trainer for five years before I was ever a CrossFit coach and you know I worked at a studio as a personal trainer I worked in a gym as a personal trainer and so when I started my personal training studio in 2005 I I wanted it to be an environment that was conducive to that customer because I didn't know the other customer
0: got it um Jeremy, I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier the, about, uh, you guys were talking about some of the accountability stuff that Charlie's putting in. Um, if you can, and if you don't want to, don't elaborate. But like, is that for you personally as a business owner? Is that stuff he's putting in with regard to clients? And you guys can and both chime in here if you want to.
2: I didn't get the question. Can you repeat
0: it? So uh, Jeremy had mentioned something about he had, he was looking at some things with regard to like some accountability processes that you had put in Charlie. And I was, I was curious as to what those were and who they were for. Is it for the customer? Is it for the coach? Is it for the business owner?
1: It's for client management, uh, lead management, servicing, servicing, our clients over a timeline that's going to allow them to uh, get the results and the success that they're going to get uh, and making sure that it's uh, systemized and duplicatable. Um, and so I think that, um, you know, we, we all kind of get super jacked about when our, we get a new client in and we might take care of Them on a few, you know, body assessments or nutrition, and then three weeks go, six weeks go, and then it's just left to the survival of the fittest to a degree. We have ability metrics in, but are the coaches or staff following through with them? Uh, Probably more than likely not. And so um, he's putting in some foolproof ways to make sure that we're um, following up on a systematic timeline, and he's implemented some. Uh, you know, client lead nurturing um, individuals to follow through that where coaches might not have the strengths to do that. And we're asking the coaches to not only coach the snatch, but also follow up, communicate, build relationship and make sure they get their body metrics, which might not be their best skill set. And so it's kind of like taking some of that off the coach's plate and realizing and recognizing that that's not, they're going to be their best skill. And so it's just going like, okay, maybe I'm just expecting too much
0: so I mean that's a problem that a lot of gym owners deal with and so if you don't mind asking like what are some of the potential solutions there are you bringing in an additional team member who is not on the floor who like that's their sole skill set is kind of like a some people call them like a customer success person or a joy girl guy whatever but like what do what, what have you guys come to the conclusion like this is best practice
1: yeah, so we have customer service rep at our gym, but our customer service rep is always frustrated because the coaches are supposed to be doing their job servicing their customers. And then the, he's doing a front of their work and it's not clearly defined. So that's where I'm listening to Charlie and he can tell you what he's doing and saying, okay, let me just say this is not my coach's job and it is my customer service rep's job. And this is how you're going to handle it. Charlie has a different name for it, but I think it allows for it to be a realistic uh, execution and accountability play.
0: So educate me, Charlie, because truth be told, like that's something that's been rattling around in my brain that I need to solve here, like probably in the next couple of months, to be very frank with you.
2: Oh, yeah. No, I have a, a, a great lady who's been a member of our gym for a long time. She's amazing. Um, she's actually been a personal training client first from like 2009 to 2000. I think uh, maybe 14, and then she shifted to CrossFit, became a member, and then I put a little post for front desk, and she actually said, kind of like whispering to me, because, you know, she has, she's, um, you know, I mean, by no means is she an older woman, but she's, you know, got grown kids, and she's like, not, I'm not looking for a job, but I think this would be kind of fun. All that to say is, I morphed her into what's a customer success manager, which is kind of what you're describing. He does 10 hours and it's specifically what I'm gonna call is the point of contact for the members, which is really good for uh, billing and any kind of membership services. Also uh, posts every Friday, like something in the gym, on the gym's page, the secret page, private page for the community, bright spots, and then also sends a weekly email out. But then every new customer, everybody that signs up, she's got a checklist. And it's basically a follow-up process for the first 90 days of their experience from sending a welcome package to a welcome email to texting them and asking them how their experience is going. So, and, and she's really, really good at that. She also helps with, like, supplies at the gym and cleanliness. And it's not a very, like, like 10 hours a week top. So it's not even that it needs to – but when you take a coach who's coaching 20 hours a week of private training. Yeah. 12 hours a week of classes. And then you start asking them to do that. And and 10, you know, five more hours of that type of work is not what they want to be doing. And then I have another position that's a lead nurturer that all she really focuses on is the leads. So she's um, just the people that are opting in through website, through our ads, through uh, landing pages, just contacting them and booking the consultations with me
0: but you do the consultations. She doesn't do them. Okay. So, um, and, and what I think is important there is, 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 that metric of about 10 hours? Cause I think most people assume this is a 40 hour work week and any gym owner who's ever done this is like, that's 40 hours. Like that is no possible way is that 40 hours. So I don't, what I think most people miss about this is it's far more viable from a standpoint of payroll than most people actually think it is. Like it's, well, not, it's not costing you 50K a year to have this person do this.
2: I think, Fern, the key man is you gotta define the role. You have to create their roles and tasks and also their job description along with define the few result areas and then actually put together an evaluation. And so all these positions, I have to meet with them weekly, right? Because yep. there's an point to that. And, and that's the stuff that, you know, I can tell you for a long time, I never wanted to do.
0: No, agreed, because it can be exhausting. Like you said, what, when you're doing everything else, it becomes the second or third thing, which means it becomes the thing I don't actually do. And everybody, because it is their third, fourth, fifth obligation, does a really shitty job of it. Um, and, and arguably, we could all agree, again, 50 years here. It might be the most important, if not one of the most important functions within, within the gym because retention in the fitness world is a thing. It's um, the the other thing, so give me, each of you, I would like you to, guys to give something. What's the best practices for making this work? Right? Like, so clearly you guys have been doing this for two years or like roughly two years and it's going well. Like each of you guys, you know, have over 10 years of experience in the affiliate game. You're all clearly doing well. Two of you own the, the, the buildings that you operate. Jeremy, do you own yours or no? Okay. Um, two of you own those buildings, so it's clearly working. Like, how do you guys, how have you guys built this so that it works? Is it So let's say somebody wants to do this and they're not good friends. What would you recommend?
2: That might be hard.
0: I, th- I thought you were going to say that. To be honest with you, yeah, I thought you were going to say that.
2: You know, I, I think they're they're like none of us are the one that I would call like the leader, right? Like so, there's this just mutual value that we add that doesn't trump the other, right? So there's not one person every time like doing all the talking, right? But so I think just having other gym owners that are probably we'll call it in, in a similar uh knowledge base experience base membership base might be a good idea um, another thing I would say is like one thing we do now is like at the end of today we'll book our next one, so like we'll put it on the calendar, schedule it out, you know, and have it looking forward to it in the next three months you know
0: what would you guys recommend let's say let's say you're in and I think I know the answer, but let's say I, I don't have that access, which I probably not actually a real thing, but let's say you can't find the other person. Or what I think is actually probably more realistic is that I've got this group of people and let's say we're all struggling. Like, so let's say we're all kind of like more the prototypical box that is breaking even, but we all want to do well. We just don't know what to do. We can't afford to purchase services from a consulting business and all that stuff. But basically for lack of better terms, like, the group that we've compiled is the blind leading the blind. Is it still valuable?
2: Jeremy shaking his head. No. <clears throat> uh, yeah, absolutely not. You know,
1: <laughs> the number one thing that, that is, uh, is, is determining it. Are you a professional, uh, box owner? And are you doing this for a full time, you know, business? And then that's a decision I've found over time with people that they have to make in their head. And then they have to figure out what, Type of income they need to make for that to be uh, a realistic, you know, career for them,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and they need to go into massive action in pursuing uh, the information that they need to run and operate a successful business. And so, and so, I think you have to put your business cap on and determine that and that's number one and as you start to pursue that mentors are widely available like you said the resources of other business owners because what we're learning in 2020 is that this is a business it's not a hobby and so once people start to operate as a as a business then other business owners are attracted to that and then you can start masterminding with other business owners because the x and o's of like programming coaching training you can get those tactical skills from certifications learn how to do that And operate it. Now we're really talking about business ownership and leadership. If you can't lead people, you can't be a box owner. If you can't lead your clients, you can't be a coach. So our centers are leadership development centers. And so once you start to understand that you're creating leaders and you're developing, then you're now moving. Towards a profitable business that now you can hire coaches. So it's, it's this systematic processes of decisions and seeking knowledge and wisdom in that sense. Uh, and so uh that that's just my recommendation out of the game. but you gotta, we're talking about this like a mentality. There's certain switches that we have to flip to go to work. If we're going to build leads and get customers, you got to flip the switch and you got to attract them. You got to be intentional. So whenever you're just kind of like floating around, you don't know, is telling me that you haven't decided that you're a business and that that's the fundamentals. And then from there, everything changes. But yeah, that's my opinion.
0: I mean, I think the candid nature of that is important because I think there's a lot of people who do this well, like let's get together and it's like no it, it needs to be the right people sitting at the table it just can't be you know this uh, a group circle jerk which is like hey we're all just going to go throw bad ideas at the wall and, and tell each other that it's great like that's that's not valuable like you're actually going to go backwards in that scenario so I, like anytime I do it like I've got this kind of like running joke with, with a couple other gym owners which is like if you're the smartest person in the room you're in the wrong room Like, don't be that person, you know, like you should be like, I prefer to be in a room where I feel like an idiot. Like most of the time, because I am an idiot, but like, but if I, if I happen to be the, the smartest person, I'm like, this is not where I should be. Like, if I'm the only person with good ideas and like pushing back on things and all that stuff, I'm like, this is not, this is not the group that I want to be associated with. So I want people who are going to challenge my ideas and tell me that the thing it's wrong and then provide different solutions and then say, Hey, you should try it this way. Or you need to change your thinking entirely. Like you're looking at that through the wrong end of the binoculars. Like you're completely jacked up. So I think it's important to like have that conversation and just say, listen, no, like, and it's okay to say no to people. More importantly, who are like, let's get together and be like, no, like you don't probably like cut the mustard for like who I want to be associated with. And that's not a bad thing. Right. But it's like, <clears throat> think of it from sports or fitness, right? Like nobody's training down or who's trying to, who's trying to win the CrossFit games. You know what I mean? Like, you're not like, Hey, who's the weakest training partner I can find? Like, that's not, that's not how they're approaching it. So,
1: yeah, I, I just kind of going back and reiterating, I'm saying it's like getting with other CrossFit box owners probably isn't the answer because I know Charlie and Spencer have business mentors and they, they are getting mentored by other people in the space that aren't box owners and so they're getting resources that are in the marketplace this is the marketplace has laws and operational procedures and execution um that are so important and one thing i want to talk about too is like we're also equally yoked spiritually like we're all spiritual men and like we pursue spirituality in our in our lives and have mentors for our faith and that also unifies us so if you have people that are coming from obviously different walks of life, but they fundamentally don't even pursue a higher order of, of their like uh, soul, if you will, then yep. they might not be. So, I mean, and I'm not saying like one or the other are saying this or that. I'm just saying you need to have unified, like you need to be on the same page in what you're coming together. Because if you don't have the same like belief in the sense of why you're here and what you're doing, you're probably not even going to gel on the business side.
0: No, I think that's important. Again, it's like, hey, we, this, because the, because the conversations are going to be, quite frankly, probably somewhat contentious in in nature, like you already talked about Spencer wanting to punch you, you know, because, because they're going to be emotional, and because there are going to be some scenarios where they're going to be uncomfortable in nature because you're going to, going to have to expose your business and, and potentially what it's where it's suffering and all that. Like you need to be aligned with those people. They need you need to be confident. Those people have your best interests in mind and that they're they're held they're there to help you grow, not necessarily there to just like pick on you essentially.
1: I mean, I would just say, like, um, between the three of us in the last, like, two years and all of the trials and tribulations that we've gone through, you know, from, you know, Charlie's son going through life or death situations, you know, Spencer buying out his partner, which is his brother, buying a, a box, like, going through processes of all that, what that stress puts on his family relationship, what my business does i've made big business transitions maturing my business that have been painful and it's like if each of us weren't 100 percent transparent and vulnerable we couldn't trust each other but knowing, uh somebody's going to gonna go and share this in their neck of the woods and like there's a certain level of trust that has to be there that makes this group legitimate Um, And so I think those are all very important.
2: And I'll say this, the first day that we met, that was one of the things that we spoke about because in that men's group, right, that I tell you we do Friday mornings, I I, I tell these guys, do not walk in with your mask because everybody's wearing a mask every day, right? Like the mask that makes it, Mm -hmm. makes you feel like you have it all figured out and like everything's okay, which is an okay mask to wear when you're coaching CrossFit, right? But like not on on Friday morning men's group, right? Like, so when I told these guys, I was like, guys, this is a – because it's actually more freeing to be able to say, hey, guys, like things are not good or this is not – you know, it's like I'm finally getting to share that with somebody who gets it. And so for us, that first day was powerful because it was immediately like, okay, this is for real. Like, this isn't going to be a come in and basically I'm just going to share all the things that I'm doing really well and make you guys feel like I've got it figured out. And no, this is going to be like raw and real every single time. And so it's like that first meeting sets the tone for the rest of them. And so I think transparency, like Jeremy brought up is a very core ingredient to making this work and also i think you said something with the group that you tried was probably too big and that probably is true like three people for us is really good um it's it's it just works well for us
0: well i think the other big takeaway is uh that you guys it doesn't have to be completely in the same locale right like you guys are hours away from each other you know so like for me it was just like maybe I should make a trip to Richmond and that's two hours away. Like not a big deal, you know? So I think m- most people, their, their scope of, of who's available is like, well, I could drive to their house in 10 minutes. I'm like, well, if this is important, maybe you should drive your ass three hours. Like maybe you should take a full half day trip to go somewhere to, to grow what it is that you're doing. So I think that stuff is important. But the big takeaway I think is that, and you guys have been there, like you guys have been doing this long enough. Like you guys know this there's too many CrossFit gyms who are trying to do this alone. I don't know how else to say that. Like there's just too many people who are trying to do it, reinvent the wheel, go make all the same mistakes without just saying, without having the humility to say, I don't know what I'm doing. I've been that guy. Like I'm still that guy right now in a lot of facets where like I had somebody who's like a buddy of mine mentor. He was just like, Hey, you need to let that idea go. He goes, that is an awful idea. It's not you. It hasn't like, you're just chasing this thing because you think it's cool. And I was like, I appreciate that dude. Like, yeah. And then he, and then he was very candid with me too. He's like, and mistakes you made in 2019, you need to let those go. If you're going to continue to beat yourself up on those, you're just going to live with them forever. Just let them go. Like people make mistakes. Like let it be a thing.
2: Let me add this to it. In this, (laughs) this, mastermind or quarterly gathering does not replace actually paying for some of those mentor groups because all of us have actually paid for mentorship business coaching all those things right like this is not a it's not like you want to save money and not pay that service or that monthly mint you know whatever no it's this just adds to it right this just this creates a really cool and it's really cool because it's not paid. Like this is totally like, there's no expectations, you know, like this is a very like, man, we're just grateful that we had time. You know, he has three kids. He has two. I have four. We love our wives. We love our gyms and we make time for this. And it's really freeing to come together and just encourage each other. I
0: would imagine it's probably, it's very, um, it's a relief, number one, but it's also probably one of these things that falls in the into the category of like, this fills the cup, where like sometimes you might dread talking to a business mentor because you know they're just going to stick you in the meat grinder and hope you survive, come out the other end, where that can feel a little labored where like, if I'm getting together with people that I trust who are also going to stick me through the meat grinder, it's not as bad. I still, I still feel refreshed on the other end of that, which I think is important. So uh, yeah, I would agree with you. Like I don't think these groups should completely replace those things. Like sometimes you need to pay somebody to tell you that you suck. Like that's a real thing. That's a real scenario. Wait. I, wrote, I wrote an article years ago. It's, ent- it's entitled to pay somebody 25. 25- I paid a guy $2,500 to tell me that I suck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i think we spent the first 20 minutes of our day uh just speaking like to like talking to spencer specifically about why his asset investment is going to be the best thing that he's ever done and we were literally we were giving him example of example because it's kind of like going like i'm in this and you start asking like is this is this like what I should have done and we were painting story after story after story and Charlie was bringing his experience I was talking about my father I was talking about my landlord that comes here like smiling and getting his you know big check every month that just goes into his monthly expenses like that's you in 40 years bro and so it was just like uplifting so it's a lot of that support that we do 25 years.
3: well I'm
0: 140 there we go so Spencer, I need some money, bro. Since you're under your building, I need you to give me some money.
3: Come <laughs> <laughs> <I'm all> out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, listen, guys, this has been super fun. Uh, I, I think at the bare minimum, people are going to take a lot of ideas from this and and probably be able to craft their own version of this, which is the whole point of this thing. Like, there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's just kind of like you do it, you reinvent it, you evolve it, you move it forward, and you try to make it better. Um, and then. The other thing, and I'd be curious to get your thoughts on it, it's probably not so much with you guys because there's a there's a pre-existing friendship there, but this understanding that um, you will level up or outgrow certain mentors in certain groups, and that's a good thing.
3: Yeah, I, you know, I, I think there's different types of relationships. When you talk about a mentor – There's an understanding that one person is receiving most of the value there and the other is giving it. And then there's interactions like this where we expect each person to receive it and to give it. And so I think being clear on what the relationship looks like and then if you know what the relationship looks like, then you understand what it is you're trying to get out of it. And in the mentor scenario that you talked about, I think having clear expectations of what you want to get out of that and then... When you've accomplished that goal like you should feel okay that that contract so to speak has been fulfilled
0: yeah like i was working with the gym uh a couple months ago and they're just like i think we're good and i'm like then we're good (laughs) like don't keep giving me money if we're good like it's fine like i like it that's the way it should be if you're here forever that's like that's like having to go back to the doctor every week. I'm like, at some point, like you're not making me any better, bro. Like I shouldn't have to be here all the time. You know what I mean? And I think it's okay to have that conversation. Like it's fine.
2: I would, I would say this, uh, not to completely contradict you, but I I could,
0: it's cool. If you can, we don't have to agree. It's okay. (laughs)
2: Like a small group, the couples that meet in my living room twice a month, And we don't – I like that. I don't see kind of having this end date. There are couples that maybe for periods of time don't have the time. They have a newborn. The men's group on Friday, like, we see the value in that so much that, like, even one of the guys was like, hey, guys, I just want you to know we're doing this forever, you know?
0: (laughs) I mean, that's great.
2: And, like, I could see this group that we're in right now, like, having this – continue right obviously like it, it, to, to the length that we're running a gym but maybe I mean probably beyond these friendships between these two guys and myself they go beyond the gym you know what I mean like the which gym, is important gym is the excuse now when you're talking about like a two brain mentorship absolutely right <laughs> like you go through the entry level you maybe do the mentorship and then you get to a point where it's like okay move on you know what I mean so I want to do yeah but I believe this is and I think too like if you look at your mastermind that you're creating to be this thing that I'm going to get something from it and then move on when I've gotten everything from it you're not going to ever create something as special as we have here
0: okay? agreed yeah yeah I think we're on the same page so I don't I was I was, was should have been more clear I was more referring to the the more, the more transactional mentor groups where like I'm paying for a service you get it and at some point if it's a good service, I, I should have leveled up to something else at that point. Where I, where, I've you've given me the skill set that I was missing, and now I'm in search of a different or higher skill set from there. So no, I think I think we're aligned there. It's good. We can still be friends. It's fine, Charlie. We're good. <laughs> um, well, listen, guys. I know you guys are busy. I know you guys have got tons of stuff to do. Um, thank you for sharing this, dude. This this is a, this is a big deal. It's it's cool to have you know three affiliate owners of, of a decade or more. Um, to share that with people Uh, and i honestly think people are going to take a lot of relief in this because they're going to realize that like it's okay to ask for help it's okay to sit down and talk to other people and work things out and it doesn't matter if they are another crossfit gym or not and it's okay to sit down with people who are not crossfit gym owners like they have a lot of good stuff to say as well
1: it's like uh crossfit it's like crossfit affiliate owner rehab
0: (laughs) yeah I think you should, you should coin that Jeremy, go ahead and go ahead and buy that URL right now. <laughs> I'm,
2: uh, uh, i send you the, the link to my event. If you and uh, Jason are coming, let me know.
0: Can, is there like a, is there, can I, do I get like a handicap for having him on my team? <laughs> we like, can make, like I get the scores get adjusted because, it, because of his lack of fitness. Um, no, cool. No, uh, no, I'm serious, man. Like I'm, we'll, we will definitely look into coming down there. That's after the games, right?
2: About, yeah, sh- shortly after. And I'll be at the games. If, uh, probably,
0: like th- probably like three weeks after the games, I think. Okay, cool. Um, awesome, guys. I really appreciate it. If you guys have any questions uh, for these guys, I mean, you, you can find them all on social media. But hit us up. If not, we'll hand you guys off. But Spencer, Charlie, Jeremy, I appreciate it. This was really cool. I learned a lot. This is good stuff. So thank you.
2: Thanks, man. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much.
4: Thank you, brother. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. And thanks again to our special guest. We appreciate all you guys do for us with Best Hour of Their Day when it comes to sharing our posts on Instagram, when it comes to subscribing to us on YouTube, when it comes to the constant feedback. We are grateful and we appreciate it. We are trying to build a community based on Coaching development and becoming the best version of yourself. And it goes without saying that we couldn't do without all of you. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Season one of Dropping In is out. We are getting tremendous feedback and we'd love for you to check it out. Leave us a comment on there. Head over to our Instagram. Give us a follow. Like our pictures. Feel free to share anything that resonates with you. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback for us, please don't hesitate. Email us best hour of their day at gmail.com. Thanks again. Until the next episode, we hope you've had the best hour of your day.